All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast, bonus podcast. Hi, Barrett. Hey, how are you, sir? I am good. Listeners new to the show, I am Nathan, a honky American comedian in the Midwest. That is Barrett Antar Goodwin, a person of color musician in New York. And I say that because he hates the term person of color, and I'm a dick. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you're a black guy. That's how. Uh, when, when you get a certain age, you're you're not into the young woke bullshit. You're just uh, I'm a black guy. That's that's all you are. You're just you're just a dude yeah. who happens to be black. Yeah, I don't. It's not even that I dislike the person of color thing. I just I never had a problem with being called black. You know, it was never an issue for me, so I'm pretty, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and um, I had a thought, then I lost it because my wife walked down here and distracted me. I I have no fucking clue what I was gonna say. Um, let's just jump right in then. Uh, the reason I point out uh, our uh, occupations and ethnicities is because we solve racism every week on this program. <laughs> every week, it's what we do. <laughs> And, uh, and and then it returns, and I don't understand what's wrong with the world. Why they why they keep fucking it up and being racist again when we've solved it? <laughs> no. So the the big one we have to talk about this uh, week is the uh, bullshit going on in Georgia. Ahmad Arbery, who wants to go first? Do you want to uh, jump oh, in, or you, do you want to hear well, my no, thoughts? Well, you take it first. I'll I'll come in second. All right. I have so many thoughts, and um. This could get rambly, so I apologize for that because I'm going to try and hit all my points, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do them in any order because they are thoughts and thoughts are generally incoherent and, you know, they just becomes verbal garbage pouring out of my mouth. So first and foremost, let's put it this way. Um, he was murdered. That's my first thought is straight up murder. Um, and, and I hope the two guys go to jail and then hell in that order. Um so that out of the way, getting into the fine tuning of things, maybe it's my luxury as a white person that I can see multiple points of views, or maybe it's just who I am as a person. I don't know. You can tell me your thoughts. When it comes out, when it, when it comes out that it, it took two months to arrest these guys, the, the two points of view I can see are, one, I can see, yeah, there's bullshit, um, backdoor like oh these are good old boys we, we we're not going to arrest one of our own you know all they do is shout some black guy using a different word probably um i can see that i can also see what i've read in the news which is the first prosecutor said shit i can't take this case i have a conflict of interest i worked with the shooter the second prosecutor said i can't take this case i have a conflict of interest i worked with the shooter and so they turn it over to the state because they keep getting distance. You have it localized where everybody's buddy-buddy. And the state, coincidentally, ha a you know, is, is starting—everything's paperwork. Everything's messy. Everything—you know, nothing gets fast-tracked. So it just so happens that as they are getting it, this video comes out, goes viral. Everybody screams, and the state goes, holy shit, yeah, arrest these guys. So I think it could be either. I think it could just be paperwork and bullshit. Why they were not arrested and then— held on to or had to make bail while the prosecutors determined whether or not uh, to, to give charges. That one confuses me. That seems like good old boy local politics bullshit. Um, 
but yeah, so so I can see both sides of the story. I think it could go either way. The other thing, um, and, and I don't know when we're going to release this podcast. We're speaking on Mother's Day, so if anything breaks within the next couple of days and we don't discuss it, apologies. But the thing that broke today was there's home security video of him in a house that's under construction. And they're trying to use that to be nefarious, like like he's a bad character, like, ooh, he was going into the house under construction to try and steal something. That's that's the premise that they're trying to push, that he was a bad dude and he needed to be shot. I have two thoughts on that. The first one is, okay, say he was a bad dude and he was in the house to steal shit. He still doesn't get shot on the side of the road by two guys, but that's, like, that's reaching. I, and I'm that that's really, really reaching. My real thought is... You and I, when we were in college together, we worked in security as security guards, like not in security. We were, you know, low level fucking <laughs> dickheads that the guys you make fun of uh, when you have a real job. You're like, look at you fucking parking lot attendant security. That's who we were. And you worked in parking lots and I worked uh, for a building that was under construction. And I was there not because people were going to steal from the place, but to keep people out because they were curious. I, I caught a couple of kids playing in there. I caught a drunk trying to walk through. And I personally have been in more houses under construction than I can count because when you're out jogging or walking around and you're in a neighborhood and there's a house under construction, you want to take a look around. And not just as a kid, as an adult, I've walked into framed houses and or if it doesn't have doors on it yet, just looked around. So genuine, genuine, general curiosity, I'm going to go 100% not knowing the man, he's jogging, he sees a house under construction, he goes, huh, i just like to take a look at that. And now people are trying to add motive to it, to to paint him with a, you know, as if he was deserving of any of this, and that's bullshit. Because you see a house under construction, it's just a, it's a moth to a flame. I've been in a thousand of them. You just go walk around and look. So... I mean, have you seen this video? I didn't even know a video had surfaced about that. So it I'm it just came out today. I I've only, I've not seen the video, so maybe it shows him sneaking, but I doubt it. But again, I'm I'm pretty much done. Those are my thoughts. I think it's straight up murder. Uh, as far as prosecution, I could see it either being protection and or paperwork, one or the other, maybe both. Who knows? Um, the video that went viral. Thank God it went viral. Now I'm hearing that it went viral for the wrong reason, that the guy released it thinking he was helping his shooter buddies, that he, that he was going to say that, like, look, they were just standing their ground. He didn't lay down like he was supposed to when they pointed a gun at him or whatever. What He's just trying to get away from two rednecks. Um, so that's horrible if it's true. Um, but, yeah, th- those are my thoughts. What are yours? I mean, I can't well, even imagine other than you go jogging every day and i'm i I know i i do it's it's insanity but i mean i have a lot to say but i mean i'm curious i would like to see the um i'd like to see the tape because i think like if there is a tape of him in a house it would be interesting to see you know i would be curious to see that because let me. I apologize for interrupting, but let me. I yeah. like you just asked. I have not seen it, and from what I read, it was you, of a uh, house under construction. Well, why don't you see if you can pull it up real quick? And I don't have my laptop, it. and my phone battery uh, is near death. Okay. So, All so right. let's just speculate. We're like the news. 
That's I mean, all the news does is speculate. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm in my well, right. I mean, my problem is like I you you know what a person who because it's true. I, I've since I was a kid, I've always looked into any kind of construction site and things like that. It's just right. It's the the little kid in me. Um, well, it's also uh, I. But, I just this just popped into my head right now. It's broad fucking daylight. Is he? I mean, and, and if he sees a house under construction, he's, he's like, maybe I'll go back tonight. If he has bad thoughts and bad ideas, he's gonna like make a note, go back after dark. He's not gonna right. go walking around during the day to steal shit. I mean, he's and also then carry wearing, it while jogging. Wasn't he wearing like shorts and a t-shirt or something ridiculous? Like, or know, a jogging I mean, suit. Like, jogging suit, right? He wasn't wearing something that you can carry stuff in, other than a box of nails, maybe, but. It just seems like when they talk about standing their ground, it really does. And, you know, everybody's got their feelings about this, but it takes me back to a basic Trayvon Martin question. If you're in the store, right, you, Nathan Timmel, you're in the store and you're hanging out and you decide to leave the store with your Skittles and your whatever and you're walking down the road and somebody's following you in a car. Right. And you keep going and you're walking and they're following you. And then you cut behind a house because you're being followed by somebody. And that person gets out of the car with a gun in their hand and they come or with a gun or, or whatever. Maybe you don't. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't know. But that person comes and follows you somewhere and then starts saying stuff to you. At what point did Trayvon not have the right to be terrified himself? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, that's to what me, I thought up front is, wait a second, you're telling me the guy with the gun was the one that was afraid for his life? Fuck you. The guy with the gun who follow, who stalked a guy, followed him like a hunted, like stalked him like, like prey. And, and who was told by the him, cops, do not get out of your car. Right, repeatedly. And then got out and then did that. And it's like... And everybody's like, but he was afraid for his life. It's like there, there's there's something that happens in the minds of a certain kind of white person where they cannot wrap their brain around the idea that a black person could be afraid of them. Right. Like when you listen to what's his name? Darren Wilson. Is that his name? Talk about. And then he he I don't know who that me, is. felt like, the guy who shot Michael Brown, he's like, I was oh, like yeah, being yeah, yeah. in the in the arms of a gorilla. It's like, good lord! Like, come on! Like, like there there's something that happens, and white people get mad at this. A certain kind of white person gets mad at this when it goes the other way around, right? Like you'll hear uh, Coleman Hughes is kind of a black conservative guy. I think that's his name. Uh, he says, you know. White people want to act like black people have a special insight because of all the suffering we've gone through. It gives us some kind of magic power or special insight. And that's just ridiculous, right? So there's all these kind of white conservatives and black conservatives who will say things like that. But at the same time, attribute all kinds of other magical powers to black people, right? <laughs> right? Like this is the ability to steal machinery in broad daylight, the ability, like, people think we have a higher tolerance for pain, for all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Like, well, the it, kind it, of... It could be mm -hmm. in part that, but I'm thinking it's probably something worse. Um, I, my guess, if I had to, to look at the worst in people, 
is that it would be a the idea that as a black person you didn't follow orders like you were supposed to you subordinate human being yeah i mean that that's a lot of what it is a lot Ahmad of it kept is... jogging or defended himself trayvon didn't just lay down right. on the ground and go oh there's a guy here yeah you're right i should lay down and put my i mean he doesn't even if he's not a cop he's it's still a black guy dealing with someone else so naturally the black guy should be subservient is what i think goes on in the mind of some of these people and i'm being super judgmental right now and i will admit it i take one look at those two guys in georgia and i'm like they look like the poster for you know racist i mean i i could be, i'm i'm speculating wildly but they just, it's that look they just have that look of oh, um, those are fucking good old boys well here's i'll tell you my 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 real problem with most of this stuff is that I feel like what has happened. Well, when people talk about something like white supremacy and things like that, I don't think people really understand what is generally meant by that. It doesn't mean that white people walk around and get million dollar checks in the mail or anything ridiculous. It basically just means that we live in a world in which white ideas are kind of tacitly considered better than everybody else's. Like, we don't want to talk about it, but... Except like, for in basketball, uh, football, right, music. Right, 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 <laughs> right, in, in, in things like that. But, I mean, like, from an intellectual perspective, right? Like, we, only, we really want to check out all the European philosophers. Those are the only ones that matter. And then there's, like, a couple of Asian cats who maybe said a couple of things that are kind of smart. And then that's kind of it, right? I'm sure there's others that I'm leaving out. But you know what I mean? Like, in general, we want to act like the only good ideas that have ever come to existence have come through white people. And what's what's funny is that you can look at James Baldwin's writing from the 60s. You can look at W.B. Du Bois from years earlier. You can look at all these people who've been saying all these brilliant philosophical things. And then you fast forward to today. And if anybody had ever bothered to read or teach that stuff and actually examine the brilliance of it, we wouldn't be going through half this shit we go through today. Because James Baldwin pretty much said it, but everyone has said it. Every black theorist and thinker has said this, that white people have an inability to see themselves objectively. And I'm sure everybody has an inability to see themselves objectively, right? So we'll just put that out there. But in this particular case, white people have a very hard time dealing with the fact that they do bad things, right? So there's this kind of assumption that if I thought it and if I did it, it must be okay, right? This is why priests get away with raping boys for years, years and years and years Priests are raping boys and nobody wants to say anything about it because nobody could believe these nice white men would do that. Right. It's like ridiculous. Uh, let me th what's another the, 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 the kids running around in schools. Every school shooter has a certain there's a I mean, come on. If every school shooter was an Asian kid, do you think that we wouldn't point that out? Well, you think I mean, that nobody thing, would say that? You not to be glib, but the, the nice thing about Asians is when they get under stress, they just commit suicide. That's why. Oh, I, oh, oh good lord! Look at you. <laughs> it's true. Like, you go God, to Japan, and that's you. what happens. I would smack you if I was standing in front of you. I right am now. using statistics, oh, my, my friend. God. <laughs> the God. Japanese students, when they get stressed, <laughs> the they commit suicide. Jesus. They don't go shooting up a school. Oh, God, God bless them. 
Okay. But this will be the podcast means. that keeps me on Saturday Night Live when I get my audition, <laughs> just like that other guy. This will be the one when you run for president. This is going to be the one. It's also factual, play. though. It's factual. Teenage suicide in Asia, or Japan at least, is high oh, because of man. the stress they put those kids under. That may be true. But you know what I mean, right? Like all these little white kids running around. Actually, I was going to, I was going to, before you hit me with that uh, joke, I was going to say, you don't even need to transition away from sex. Uh, The priests were fucking kids for years. And then just a few months ago in 2019, turns out the Boy Scouts were fucking kids too. Who'd have thought it? Right. You know, someone wants to get, hang out with a bunch of boys. Except, except that everybody's been talking about that shit for years and parents knew, like everybody knew and nobody cared. The people, they, they keep sending their boys lambs to the slaughter to this place. Unbelievable. Over and over this stuff happened. There's school shootings. There's the, the um, all the stuff with the cops, all of it. Like there's this, this lack of belief that white people can do things that are wrong. And so when they do things that everybody else does, and they consider them wrong. The in of their inability to see themselves as that puts them in a position where they project it onto everybody else, right? Like you're gonna say something like, "Well, I'm gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna rape this little see I can actually say this right. We're gonna rape this little nigger girl. We're gonna beat her up. We're gonna do all this stuff. And then when her daddy gets mad, we're gonna go take him out back and hang him and cut his dick off and put it in his mouth because he's a savage. What? Well, you don't even right? have to go that like, far. You, do you know what I mean? No, I know like, what you mean, but I'm saying you know, that's like an insanity. extreme example. I'll dial it back for you, and it's still horrible. Uh, 60 Minutes, I'm pretty sure it was 60 Minutes, years ago, um, probably 2009, 10, 11, something, after the Great Recession, they went to, I believe, Kentucky and exposed this huge swath of people on disability, white people, white trash people on disability, because they lost their jobs in the Great Recession. And there was a lawyer down there that said, well, if you can't get a job, just, you know, I'll, I'll say just get a doctor's note and sign up for disability. And that way you just get a cut a check from Social Security from the government. So they all did it. And it was Kentucky. And it was all people that were like, well, yeah, you don't want the welfare queens taking welfare money from the government. They should be hard working. Well, what are you right. doing? Well, I got screwed out of it. You know, it's the same thing. It's when someone else right. does it. It's exactly. it's obviously they're exploiting when they do it. Right. It's because they need to do it. There's a necessity. So your example was true, but it was an extreme, yeah. scary one. Right. Yeah. Mine's an everyday example of, of, I mean, of hypocrisy in action. And, and, and here's the funny thing, and I'll say something about that in a second, but what's funny to me is that when, when you look at this group of people, what they do is they project all of their worst, all of their worst qualities, right? Like, we teach manifest destiny as God gave us all this land, right? Not that we, not that, not that it was a delusional concept. God just gave it to the Indians people, first. Right, right. We don't teach it literally when you learn it in school. You don't learn it as a delusional concept that a bunch of people came to use to justify slavery and slaughter. That's not how you learn it. You learn it as something that you think of it as a good thing. That's what I mean, right? There's no way, like, if you frame it in in a realistic sense, if you read the accounts of these strange people showing up on the shores from the perspective of a Native American, you'd have a very different perspective of the thoughts about people here, right? Well, let me, we just, let me interrupt you for one for second. That. Let me interrupt mm-hmm. you just because is that our age? Because you and I are Generation X. Were we the last generation to get that in the history books? Because I 
don't know that. Or is that still taught? I don't think it's still taught. We might have been know. the last generation that but got that. I'll tell you. Well, here's what I'll say. If it isn't taught, it's if it. I'm sure it is taught a little bit because it was such an integral part of well, what it was explicitly we in our history books. Right. I mean, I guess I don't know. It would be interesting. We should look into that and, and tell the, the listeners next week. Because that's actually an interesting thing. You have a fucking kid, don't you? Look at his homework, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't do his homework. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have to teach my kid. I look at their fucking homework. Except we haven't done any no. history. All we've done is math and uh, reading. That's that's what yeah. we focus no, on in this house. That's very true. That's funny. No, I'll actually look into it. Oh, and I'll of course, Jesus. I'm I mean, sorry. I will. I'll, I'll actually ask the kid. I'll ask him and I'll look into it. I mean, the whole the interesting thing, and here's what I find, and I'll make this personal for a minute. Until I could deal with the most negative aspects of myself, I projected them onto other people. And I can actually give you a funny, a silly example, right? Like if I had to do something like, I don't know, put gas in a car because I was about to go on a trip with with a girlfriend, right? And um, I knew I needed to go put gas in the car and I would not necessarily want to go put gas in the car, but I knew I needed to. But I was like, all right, let me go do that. And then halfway there, I'd realize I didn't really want to do it, right? And then she'd come over and go, hey, um, you going to go put gas in the car? Not even in a mean way. And I'd snap at her and get mad, right? Mostly because I decided I didn't want to do it. But I knew it needed to be done, so I still kind of had some residue of wanting to do it. So I hadn't committed to not doing it. I'd have just taken it and shifted it and made it her fault now that I had to do it. Does that make sense? It does, right. yeah. Right. And, and so and I think that you could use that with any example. Everybody does right. that all day, every right. day. We with do it their all partners, the time. Spouses, right. just... Absolutely. All the time. Right. And so on a massive level, I have that same blockage when it comes to huge things in my life, right? If I have, it's much easier for me to see my flaws in the actions of other people than it is for me to admit I have them. That's literally, I think, what the whole idea of white supremacy is. It's, it's a, certain, a certain breed of white people just cannot accept the fact that they have all these problems. And so they actually project them all over everybody else. So when they do the same exact thing, there's an inability to see it as being wrong. I don't think that those men actually think they did anything wrong. I don't know. I they, think you're absolutely they right. Saw a guy I and they're like, that, oh, we right. got a criminal. Let's get him. Right. They literally think that, that it was within their bounds to walk up on a guy with two shotguns, not call the police first, not tell them that's what they're doing, not make say, hey, we found this guy. We're going to go find him. We're going to hold him until you guys get there. OK, can you guys stay on the radio so we can make sure they didn't do any of that? They decided to hunt a guy, stalk him again like prey. And then somehow he ends up dead. And it's his own fault that two guys with shotguns that he was terrified and that and resisted a citizen's arrest when two people with shotguns dressed like hunters came look or just like whatever the fuck came and said they're going to citizens arrest him probably not with cops on the phone not with you know what i mean like if you're going to arrest somebody say listen we're going to citizens arrest you we think you did this you stand right there about 20 feet from us and you do not move do you hear me and he would stamp why were they even close enough to him for him to right like what the fuck? Citizens arrest. All they have to do is tell the guy to stand there and then we'll hold him at a 20 foot distance until the cops show up. Literally. Which, I don't right? even think they have the fucking right to do that. I, I mean, don't even know I what don't think they do either. Is. 
I don't even think they do either, but even if they did, there's a more there's a much more proper way to handle it. But they literally do not think they did anything wrong. It's the same thing, and this is what I think, and it's funny to turn it into this, because I, I hate talking about this idiot. It's the same thing that people it's the same mistake that people make with Donald Trump. They keep thinking Stay on this line though, because I do want to talk about him uh when, well, when you're done. Absolutely. But people's inability to see that that certain breed of white people would rather be white than be free. Like when, again, something James Baldwin said, when white people are given the chance to be white or be free, they generally choose white. And that's the problem because you have all these poor white people who I'll tell you every day, I actually feel bad for poor white people because nobody cares about them. Right. It's like sexy to save black people, to save some kid in some country far away, to save some animal somewhere, to save some victims of these people in some other country somewhere else. That's really sexy and it needs to be done. Right. But saving white people in this country, nobody wants to do it. White liberals don't give a fuck about them. White conservatives don't give a fuck about them. Right. Like nobody cares about poor white folks and poor white folks are actually really suffering. They're suffering really badly in the Midwest, down south, all over the place, right? They're suffering horribly, and nobody cares. And all they see is all these people on TV talking about white privilege, and they don't know anybody who doesn't look like them. So, like, what fucking privilege are you talking about? The thing is that, like, white people don't seem to care about all those meth-addicted white folks, heroin-addicted white folks. You know what I mean? They don't care any more than they cared about black folks when black folks were all on crack. And black people say this all the time, right? Seatbelts, the lack of seatbelts in cars killed everybody. They didn't fucking care. They don't care about poor white people any more than they care about any other group of people. But well, poor that... white people keep volunteering to be the the guard dogs. Don't worry, master. We'll, we'll, we won't let the news near. They're just barking and yapping and yelling and screaming. And nobody seems like... They volunteer to be the guard dog. Like, please let us be white. Please let us be like you. Please let us say that we have something in common with you and not with these other people who we're actually just like. Right? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I feel bad for them because they have a real crisis on their hands. You know, poor white folks are not faring any better than any group of poor folks in this country. But they just won't consolidate with other people to move forward. You know, anyway, what are you going to say? Well, it's funny because I said I wanted to talk about Trump and I think we can tie these two subjects together because because Trump does know how to speak to them. Um, Absolutely. I have 100 percent. I think we may have talked about this. Just quick revisit it for a half a second right now. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. There were two reporters that were embedded with the Hillary Clinton campaign because they were going to write the book about the first female president. Oh, yeah. And it ended up there like, holy shit, we just wrote the book about the you know failed campaign and how it imploded. And one thing that happened that I remember glaringly in the book was Bill Clinton talked to his wife's campaign manager and said, hey, um, you're ignoring rural white people. And this Brexit thing just happened. There's a lot of anger out there. And Hillary's campaign manager said, no, no, we got the cities tied up. We're going we're to get the diverse vote. And it didn't work. And Trump, you know, he went for the rural vote. He said, I'm, you can take your cities. I'm going to take the rest of the country. And it worked. And so what I wanted to say about him was something happened 
in the past week that made me in a way admire Donald Trump. Um, I think he's a human piece of shit. I'd never vote for him, but he is so purely relentless that I don't know if you saw this. Did you see him in an interview blame Obama for the lack of coronavirus tests? <laughs> Isn't Obama the same person who said this whole thing is really serious? We need to get a bunch of extra ventilators and a bunch of well, extra this and have a no, plan no, no, in no, no. place. That, don't even that go that stuff. far. The thing is, <laughs> coronavirus didn't exist when Obama was president. Right. No, so right. it's absurd. It's, right. But the thing is, when that was pointed out, he doubled down. That's what I found. Yeah. That's what I found fascinating is he's in an interview and he says, Obama left us with nothing, no tests. And the guy said the thing didn't exist. And he said, yes, the previous administration left us in shambles. And then a couple of days later, he was given another chance. He was given another interview in another interview. And he said sort of the same thing with a twist. He, he took off the tests part, but he said the previous administration didn't leave us with anything. Our stockpiles were just, you know, nothing. We're supposed to have backups. And the reporter said, haven't you been in office for three years? And he just repeated. He said, well, the previous administration left us with nothing. He, I, and that's, I hate to say it, but that's what I admired about him for a moment. I'm like, he doesn't quit. He does not care. And he knows his followers don't care. He knows that all he has to do is stay on point, stay on message, and the people that like him are going to like him no matter what, even when he says something as bold-faced stupid as Obama left him without tests for a disease that didn't exist yet. It's insane, and I mean, it's beautiful in a way. But again, it, it, this is my issue with, with the liberals, is that there's somehow there's this belief that he can do something that will turn his base against him because they do not understand fundamentally that his base is not based on facts. It is not based on any of that. It is based on an idea that a certain kind of person should be in charge and a certain kind of people should have a better life automatically, even though that's exactly what they're getting mad at everybody else for trying to have, right? Like you and I have talked about this before. When 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 white people when when white men particularly say things like, I hate the fact that when I walk into a room now I have to think about what I'm gonna say and make sure I don't offend anybody and everybody's looking at me and people think bad thoughts about me, I'm thinking, Oh my god, please stop whining. I'm like, that's been my life since I'm six. Like really, like literally. That's literally what racism feels like. That's what it feels like. It feels like when you walk into a room, you have to wonder what you're, how not to offend anybody, how not to say anything wrong, how, you know, like that's literally the feeling. And it's like, right, that's well, what it feels like. Can I bring you know, that's not what, that's a not what racism feels like, but you know what I mean. Yes, please. Experience to this. And, yes. and the reason I bring it up, because it just popped in my head, because you were there. The thing I do not like about uh, the idea of walking into a room Everything you just described where you said stop whining. The reason I don't like that feeling is because I never used to have it, but I never felt I needed it. And I, I have not the best memory of this, but I do know that you have talked about it in the past where when we lived together in Boston, you took me to an all-black mixer, and I just walked in and was like, hey, everybody, and that was it. I didn't feel like, dude, why did you bring me here? You know, like, you, I was just completely fine and comfortable— and I wasn't at all worried, A, that I was being judged, or B, that I had to watch what I was going to say. 
And I'm not sure if I would feel that way today. I'd like to think I could do the same thing, but... And I don't think I've changed. I think society changed around me. And I do think a lot of people needed that change or that... that um, so I'm being personal here, like I said. I think a lot of people did need that slap in the face and that check that says maybe you do need to think about what you say. I'm just pissed because I don't think I did. <laughs> it's I mean, I, don't, me I, I mean, I know you, so I don't I don't necessarily think that you did. Obviously, some dumb things have flown out of your mouth in the years that I've known you, and some inappropriate things have definitely flown out of your mouth. Yeah, but they're but on purpose. But, but, yeah, but you're <laughs> but you're right, exactly. But you're also pretty unilateral in your delivery. Like you don't it wouldn't matter what room you're in. You're just you no matter what room you're in. So if you said something that offended some black people and they thought you were being racist, it's only because they didn't know you well enough to know you're going to offend everybody no matter what room you're in. Right. And so in that way, it makes sense. I hear what you're saying. I, I, it is interesting, though, because society has changed rap like drastically in the past, you know, in the past 50 years, it seems like we've gone through more changes than we went through in the previous 500. I don't know if that's really true. In a technological sense, I would argue that it's probably true. But in other senses, I'm not sure. But, but it is interesting. I will say this. I generally feel like on the, in the middle, and stop me if we've talked about this, us supposedly rational liberals or compassionate conservatives, right? If we weren't all such cowards, we wouldn't let our, we wouldn't have our attack dogs do our dirty work for us, right? Like the left, like the right, the right doesn't like the alt-right and the white supremacists, but they don't mind when the white supremacists go do some of their dirty work for them because they kind of believe that those people had it coming and needed to be taught a lesson anyway, right? So this is why they don't ever rise up. Like in this case, when people are shooting this guy for jogging, they're not going to say anything about it because they kind of like it when black people are afraid, right? Like the truth of the matter is that from a statistical standpoint, most black people who get into traffic incidents walk away with with nothing, with maybe a ticket, maybe a warning, maybe nothing, right? But that you shoot 10 black folks over the course of a few years publicly and every other black person drives the speed limit. That's what it is. It's terrorism. They're not trying to kill black people. It's not some conspiracy to murder black folks. It's terrorism. Because I promise you, Every black man I know now, especially in rural areas, drives two miles under the speed limit. People get mad at me when I'm driving in rural areas, right? Like if we're on the road and I'm, I'm driving in a rural area, the car is backed up behind me. I'll be going 43 and a 45 because I'm, I'm terrified. That's what they want. They want me terrified. Well, is it? That's the point of it. I, ha I have me, another I thought. That's, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not that they want you terrified. I think they want everyone terrified. And right. you correct me if you think I'm wrong. Um, if, if those two idiots in Georgia had shot someone with money, I think a white person with money, I think there would have been an outcry. 
if they had shot a white meth, uh, white trash guy on meth, I think we would probably have seen almost the same result, except without the media interest. Except how is a black person who's not on drugs and a reasonable person somehow in the mind of the ordinary person, the equivalent of a white meth head? Well, I'm right. I, I mean, I, I know I what you're saying. That as I was saying but, it. It could have been you know any mean? poor white person. No, but, I just but, threw but, meth but in I to try doubt, and make but, it more. But was, but was he a poor black person? No, no. That's, uh, right. I hear what you're that's saying. That's what I mean, right? Like, like the white equivalent of that guy, there'd be a huge public outcry if that guy got shot. Right? There'd be a huge public outcry. Like if you, you know what I mean? There was that woman in Minneapolis that got shot and she was a white woman and that went away kind of quick. Not, I mean, you'd think it would have blown up like, holy shit, they're finally killing white people. And there was that white kid that got shot in Arizona, executed in a hotel, and that didn't make the news at all. I mean, you may be right. I mean, listen, I don't think that I think that as much as we can talk about racism, I don't think it's about race. I don't think that the poor white kid from Appalachia is going to has a has any better chance than the poor black kid from the hood. That, that's what that, I should have said instead of meth. I, that, that was me just spitballing. And, and that no, was a really I mean, bad I know, analogy. I, 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 I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean, though. Uh, but, you, you know, is much better representation. But. But I, but I think that like that kid, the problem is not, is not whether or not there's some some immigrant stealing your jobs. The problem is that, from a very young age, I was very specifically taught through lots of things, mostly through school, through teachers. Like literally, teachers would tell me things like this. Like not not in these words, but they made it clear to me that my values were to come second to other people's values. My needs and wants were to come second to other people's. It is the message that got delivered to me over and over and over and over again. And in a class system, I promise you, poor white people fundamentally believe that as much as they can talk about it, that when they're in a room with a white person who has money, they feel like they are less than. I would almost bet you the average poor white person feels just as out of place in a room full of wealthy white people as the average poor black person and feels just as inferior and just as like he's never going to get there. And now he might believe that the white kid might believe that it's unfair he's not going to get there and it's the immigrant's fault he's not going to get there. And if only such and such that wasn't standing in his way, if all these black people weren't on welfare, his public school system would be better and then he could get there. doesn't matter. Right. Black people can believe, well, it's because I'm black that I'm not going to get there. And it's because of white supremacy and systemic racism. Right. It doesn't matter what the reasons are. Both people fundamentally believe that they're not going to ever be able to be that, even though they lust after it. Right. They both believe that they both have the same huge psychological battle to get over, to overcome, to move forward. This is where the Republicans are kind of right. Well, if you just changed your mindset and did blah, 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 and could do X, Y, and Z, you could then do this. And they're probably right. But it is much more difficult to do that than people think. It's much more difficult to take an ingrained system that is supported by society, by television, by movies. How many times do you hear in the movies the poor people saying things like, we're poor, but we're noble. We're poor, but we're honest. 
you know, we're not like those greedy fat cats. And it's like, how much do they teach you to envy and fear and hate rich people? Right. We watch these vampire movies with all these people with money who run around and murder people for because they're hungry. It's like, fuck you. How's that okay? Right, what but we're all that? Supposed, I have no idea those, what you're those fucking, fucking talking about. Those stupid Twilight movies and shit. Oh, I've never seen like, one of those. I, mean, I had no you know, idea. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm dating. I'm going back. But you know what I mean? Like, those were about like we watched, money? I thought that was just about a but No, they're about stupid vampires. That... About, but it's about power, right? Oh. You ever notice that when you watch movies, rich people get away with all kinds of stuff, and we're supposed to watch them? Like, like we have this fundamental fear of them because, like, and... Yet we lust after what they want, yet secretly think we'll never be able to attain it. And I don't think that white people are faring any better in that department. I think most white people have have terrifying fears and all kinds of stuff that hold them back, too. Right. I fundamentally believe that. I don't think that they're in any better position psychologically than poor black folks, most poor white folks. I don't believe they are. And the only trick, as we've discussed a million times, is the poor white folks, as you said five minutes ago, are trained to say, you may be poor, but at least you're white, and you got to keep those poor black folks at bay, because otherwise they'll take your manifest destiny. Right. I mean, literally, right. That's right. And and, and what it it ultimately is, is, listen, we know that you can be fat and have diabetes, and your daughter's turning tricks to get meth and so forth and so on but you're better than the fat black person with diabetes whose daughter's turning tricks to get crack right you're somehow better because you're white like what like that's what it's all about it's about that little shred of decency we are and it is unbelievable because and this is like why they don't teach history in this country because there is, like, all the slaves were originally poor Irish people, black people, all kinds of people, right? And then they would get together, and there was a huge rebellion because it was just poor people who were slaves. And so what they did is they just gave made the white people, they gave them a little bit of power over the black people. Still, they the, the master could still beat them, do whatever the fuck he wanted to them. It didn't matter. They still had no say. They could just boss the black people around. And that's literally what it was. So every immigrant group that comes into this country, their buy-in to being white is just, okay, you give up your culture. Your culture is now a couple of holidays, a couple of food dishes, and some other, and a parade, a festival or some shit, right? And now you're white. That gives you the buy-in. Doesn't matter that you don't have any fucking money. Doesn't matter that generation after generation after generation you're poor. Right? That doesn't matter. You're white. It's incredible. It is incredible that white people have fallen for that. Really, like, after generations of poverty, you would think that somebody would go, holy shit, we've been duped. But no, the immigrants stole my job. Well, do you think (laughs) it's also... um... I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think in conjunction with that, I think it's changing a little bit. And there is now, and I don't know when it started, maybe in the 80s and 90s, but it seems very prevalent today that there is a, and I don't mean what I'm about to say as a code for black. Um, I, I generally, I genuinely mean it for what it is. There is an urban and rural mindset 
where if you are rural, you're dumb, poor, white trash, and if you're city, you're either black or uppity liberal or intellectual or whatever. And I don't even think, I don't think, and I could be wrong, a lot of the rural looks at the urban and they don't see the plight or the decay or the the poor. They just look at it as city values versus small town values. Sarah Palin was championing that small town value, small town value. So it, I'm not saying that the racism doesn't exist and that it wasn't ingrained, but I also feel it's shifting. Or do you think that's in conjunction with that? I because I I there is the term urban, which is code for black, but I also think there is just urban as in rural versus urban well versus city. i mean here's i mean I, I ultimately think that racism is such a small part of it i mean it's what we end up talking about half the time every three quarters of the time but the truth is that like i because we solve in, it right exactly but <laughs> i mean i i believe that there is systemic racism systemic sexism systemic classism i believe in that right i do not believe that is the only thing that is stopping people from moving forward i think there are all kinds of variables. i think it's a kind of a multivariate situation we end up focusing on racism a lot because this country is really good at that and part of me is like kind of it like becomes annoying. It's just so easy to talk about, and it's and we're all so good at it, right? <laughs> like we're all so good at talking about these things. But I think it's a real problem because I think at the end of the day, we should be learning how to fucking colonize Mars. We should be learning how to breathe underwater. That was a left fucking use... turn. I did not see no. coming. Like where the but, but fuck? What did I, what that I, come what, from? I, what I mean is like <laughs> what I mean is like all the energy that we have. All the great minds that we have, we're spending so much time not data mining or just not not resourcing the great intellectual minds from all different ethnic groups and races and genders and classes and creeds. We're so busy not mining that place for the smartest and best and brightest to solve real problems that we can actually really solve. Mm. So instead, we just talk about really stupid shit all the time. Like, what did Trump say today well, that was just as dumb as what he said yesterday, which was just as dumb as what he said the day before? Okay. Right? <laughs> like, I'm going to interrupt I mean? you, and I think it's yes. because I, I agree with you and I disagree with you, and mm -hmm. I think you and I are part of the problem. And this is okay. off the top of my head, so yes, forgive explain. me for, for being inelegant. I think that people talk about the, the, the secret societies and the Masons and the, the, the evil overlords that really rule the country and tell the politicians what to do. I think those secret societies are out there. I also think they are wide out in the open and widely ignored. You have TED Talks. You have the book Freakonomics. Um, yeah. I remember reading Freakonomics and having my mind fucking blown because... You you look at the news, and most news sources are literally screaming, we need your clicks, we need your clicks, eyeballs. Whereas you read Freakonomics, and it's like, hey, we went and found these really, really smart people and talked to them about climate change and what's being done, but not being reported on. And there are occasions where I see a TED Talk, and a lot of them are just complete shit. But I, I read an article um, last week, The Secret Billionaires Club, that's trying to solve COVID-19. Like... You have these billionaires funding scientists saying, hey, in the 60s, we said, there's the moon. Let's land on the moon. We need a fucking cure for this. We need a vaccination. We need something. 
and it's not as exciting as, holy shit, we hit 80,000 dead. I do believe there are, quote, secret societies at work. They're just out in the open, and we ignore them because we're stupid. And you and I spend an entire podcast not talking about these wonderful, great things we've seen or learned or researched or heard about. We're just rehashing the same shit we rehash on or off the podcast whenever you and I just talk. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say that, yes, I actually honestly thought we were going to talk about some marketing stuff today, but then you brought up the, the Ahmaud Arbery thing. I'll, like, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll tell you about the marketing thing, and it's, uh, right, I'll just I'll interrupt. I had told uh, Barrett, uh, this is for the <laughs> listeners, I told him off, uh, I said, hey, you know what we should talk about next time? Uh, marketing, because I worked with this guy, and he did shit that I'm like, holy crap, I never even think to do that. And then I, I think I told you the. What, did I tell you what happened? Yeah, you told me he got fired. Yeah, not fired, I, not re, not we were supposed to do three shows, and then I ended up doing we we did one of them, and then he got fired from the next two, and I did the next two. So it was like I'm like maybe I shouldn't be like him. So I went from this holy crap, I just worked with this guy that really knew how to market himself to well, I kept three gigs and he lost two of them, so maybe I'm doing yeah. something right. So I, there was I mean, no point in talking about it. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> I, I would say in that particular case, I, I think that that, that his example. I think that that you that beefing up marketing is always a good idea. Right? Yeah, it is. But but I think that I would never ever ever force people to buy my CD before they heard my performance. Yeah. Well, let's not go into details because now we're just speaking would, out of what you and I talked no. about behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I although would, I will uh, say this to you, and I'll tell you about, I'll I'll put this tomorrow if you're going to be on uh, social media and listeners. Sorry, this will be broadcast after. I'm doing a, an actual Zoom show tomorrow, and so you can tune in and hear some of my new jokes. Oh, nice. Yes, yes, please. That, that's, that'll be fun. I'd love that. Well, um, so if we're talking about... Secret societies and the intelligentsia. Well, but here's the thing. Whenever we talk about this stuff, the point that I always come back to is that I wish that white people understood that racism fucks them just as badly as it fucks everyone else. Because the very people who are sitting there trying to shoot this black guy because they think he's stealing something are under the delusion that they're doing the right thing. But that delusion is based on lies that were put in place hundreds of years ago. And they almost have no choice but to think what they think. Because they the the we've taken the 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 sense making apparatus and made it all untrustworthy. Right? Like you don't know where to turn for what to believe anymore. And it's all about feelings. It's not about anything real it's everybody's feelings and while those things are really valid i think that white people have a real problem because the belief in white supremacy is why white males kill themselves at the rate only as you said second to the japanese children right so it's like well it might be more male. here i mean i'm well, just talking, I'm, 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 saying I'm, I'm really, i don't even know i was really just you're trying to pull a punchline yeah <laughs> right but but that's something you and i've so, talked about i don't think and recorded so anybody that listening um white male suicide is 
fucking shooting through the roof right now. That's what Barrett's referencing. Right, and 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 really, like you're a white dude, and let's be honest, right? How often do you feel like a worthless piece of shit? And how often do you feel like you should be doing better than you're doing? And how often do you feel that, or maybe not now, but in your life, how often have you felt like you're not really living up to your potential somehow? And how many white all guys day, do you know every day, that? until I right. got married, and then right. then I, I realized it was true. Yeah, then it got <laughs> dialed back, and now that I'm a dad. And, and well, it, you break it down, and it's like I never thought I you, you I I do a joke about this, or I haven't in a while because I haven't been on fucking stage in a while. Actually, it's funny. Um, I debuted a joke on stage right before quarantine, so it was the only time I got to work it out. But it was the idea, and a lot. Of, it's it's an old premise. I just make it original by talking about me of old me going back in time to talk to young me, and if old me had ever told young me hey the thing you're going to find most fulfilling in your life is becoming a dad young me would punch old me right in the dick but it's true because like my whole life up until parenthood was wow life sucks i deserve more i i should have earned more by this point i i'm better than i deserve and now i'm old and i look back on it and i still i have those feelings but they don't consume me like if i really sit down and go I'm not a bad comic. I should be further along in my career, but it's not like, man, I fucking just fuck everything. I fucking deserve fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. And I think youth and a lot of what you discuss, um, I think it comes from what you discuss and it becomes age and experience and youth. Youth tends to look on it more with the fuck everything, man, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. Whereas hopefully age brings perspective. Or at least it did with me. Maybe I'm one of the lucky yeah. ones. I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, to me, yeah, I think age and 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 accountability, right? Like, yeah. Well, that's we could talk for another hour about that. When I finally realized, right. oh, I was doing it wrong in Los Angeles. I didn't right. network. I didn't rub elbows. That was on me. And 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 it was largely because you were probably terrified. Right, like deep down, like, I won't, I won't put that on you. Right, when I would go, I went to Smalls one night and got my ass handed to me. Right, a Smalls, a little jazz club in the city. When I first started playing upright, I went to Smalls and got my ass whooped. Right, and I didn't go back for a minute. I went home and I practiced. I literally didn't sleep for like three days. My dad would come in. He'd be like, son, how you doing? I'd be like practicing. And he'd come home from work and he, I'd still be practicing. And he'd wake up in the morning and I'm still practicing. Like literally, he's like, you okay, son? I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm good. And I was just in there just working it out. Because I was like, holy shit, I got my ass whooped. Worse than I'd ever had my ass whooped. And it took me a minute to go back. But what I could have done is just gone back and humbled myself and said, hey, you know what? Last time I was here, I took an ass whooping and just taking lessons with the bass player. I well, didn't my, do that, I'll tell you, you my know? story because I, I remember it vividly. Um, it's, it's not that. It's, it was, it's a complete ignorance. Mine was complete ignorance. I did not yeah. understand how shit worked. I went yeah. to the improv and I did my audition and I... It, look, it, people could say ego or kill, uh, you know, like, oh, talking up himself. I did really well. I did really, really well. And I remember that night because I, I only had like six to seven minutes. And in that six to seven minutes, I sort of had one of those moments only performers will understand where you're on stage and you're doing your act, 
but you're not paying attention to your act because just out of not the front row but just out of the front row where you can only see so far in the lights you know you can you can you can see the front row but then the lights from the stage may turn the rest of the audience dark just in the haze between light and dark I saw this woman sitting on a guy's lap and they were sort of kissing and making out and then looking up at me and laughing and having a good time but kissing and I'm like well that's just weird so I was telling my jokes but I was staring at them like why are they playing kissy face at a comedy club and then I just sort of leaned in to tell a joke and I caught a glimpse of the woman and I went, holy shit, that's a, uh, I don't remember, uh, it was Jerry Hollowell, it was one of the Spice Girls. And then I went, wait a second, if the tabloids are correct, she is dating Jerry O'Connell from Stand By Me. And then I squinted and it was, it was the two of them. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm killing at a comedy club in front of a Spice Girl and a guy from Stand By Me. And I finished my set and, you know, big laughter, big applause. And I got off stage and Jerry came up and he's like, dude, you're so funny. And we had a nice conversation. And so you didn't go back to shorts because you got your ass kicked. I didn't go back to the improv because I was told you passed your test. Here's the phone number. Call in your avails every week and we'll tell you when you can get on stage. Well, I was working long hours, so I would call and call and call and call and what I should have done is gone back and gone back and gone back and gone yeah. back. I sort of went, oh, yeah. yeah, I passed the test. I win. I passed the test. Now I needed to put in the fucking hours. I needed to be there and show them I was serious and I fucked yeah. that up. Yeah, and right. And and I can think of a dozen situations where when I once I got in the door, I got a great gig. I played with a really cool person. I got the right thing. I got in the door. I thought once you, I got in the door, everything would take care of itself. And that was largely, exactly. but, but, it, but I didn't actually believe that. It was more fear of doing, right? Once I actually realized that I was the thing standing in my way, it's like, you know those, do you ever see these memes where they have like Velma from Scooby-Doo sitting there going, when I found out who smoked all my weed and when they pull the mask off the monster, it's her face there again because yeah, she smoked yeah, all yeah, her yeah. weed. It right? could have been fear on my part too. By the way, ginger spice. I looked it up while you were talking. You so it was okay. ginger spice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew it wasn't baby or posh, but I could honestly not remember right. which one it was. And I knew it wasn't scary because scary's the black one because black people are scary. Right, exactly. Can you believe they fucking did that? How, do you think that was an accident? I, mean, <laughs> I, I just think it's just funny. It's so, you know, I... I yeah, <laughs> but yeah, how funny. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Once I realized that I was the reason that my life was shit and I started to take responsibility and accountability for it, that's actually when I started to come upon all these things. I was like, well, why don't I feel like I'm worth the effort? Why don't I put in the effort to do this? And you start tracing back to these childhood experiences where people were my attempts at something or when I was good at something, it was crushed with such veracity that it was like, oh, my God, like, wow, you think I did something wrong? And like, I don't get into all the stories, but it's kind of ridiculous what was done to me by grown people when I was a child to make me feel like I had no value. And people could say, oh, I'll just get over it, right? And yeah, it's easy to say that. But it took a long time and a lot of excavating, a lot of painful shit to do it. I'm not saying it wasn't worth it, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it again, and I'm not saying I don't have a hell of a lot more work to do. But it's not easy. And I think when people discount that kind of stuff, 
Like when you put all of your problems out into the outside world where it's somebody else's fault or somebody else's responsibility or somebody else needs to be accountable for it, it really does hold people back. And I would, again, to bring it back to our racism thing, that is largely, like I understand when the conservatives say, stop whining and do something about it. I, I kind of get where they're coming from. I also don't think that they understand that they fall into the same trap. Right. Like, what's the difference between a bunch of black people running around saying that white supremacy is stopping us from getting jobs versus then a bunch of white people running around saying the Mexicans are taking my jobs? Like, that was the, the worst what's the setup difference? to a joke I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, is that a joke? Oh, it sounded like it, like a, a, <laughs> no, a Jew, no. a Polak, and a priest walk into a bar. Right. He's like, what's the difference between a bunch of white people running around? I'm like, <laughs> I was, right. it, it sounded like a right. setup. That's, that's, what's the difference between, I'm like, I'm waiting for this hilarious punchline right. and it didn't come. No, no but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But really, what is, what's the difference, right? Like, like if both people can't get jobs. By the way, Jew, Polak, and priest walk into a bar will be the next thing to keep me from being president, right? because oh, that, the, that'll be taken out of context. No, what'll be the next is when you finish the joke, when you get to the punchline. <laughs> I don't think I need to finish the joke. You say Jew and Polak <laughs> today, and it's enough. It's Jewish person and Polish person. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Fortunately, it's the yeah. end of the podcast, and people tuned out about 55 minutes ago. No, but, I mean, again, like, <laughs> like you, would, you would think that, like, people would have something better to care about. Like, right, like, here's the funny thing, right? Like, I watched Raw the other day, Eddie Murphy, and I was like, my God, this would never fly today. We've talked about this before. And even it he said would it wouldn't fly today. never fly. N- never. But, and I don't know if this is just, like, I don't know. When I used to watch comedy and people would and white people would say things about black people or black people would make fun of black people or I'd be in a room people would say stuff that would be offensive. It was offensive to me, but at some point in the night everybody got offended. Right? Like if you watch a Mel Brooks movie and I get offended, at some point you're going to get offended too. Right? Like that's just how it is, right? Mel Brooks offends at everybody. I don't think he left people out. And so you never felt like you were being singled out. Nowadays, it's somehow everybody takes everything personally. And they've decided they should take everybody else's thing personally, too. Well, I, I, find, let me, you know, I don't think you know? Mel Book Brooks offended anyone, or at least, let's put it this way, I don't think that was his intent. I don't think he sat down no. to write a script and said, who can I offend? I think he sat down and said, everybody's fair game. And I think right, there's a exactly. huge difference right. between there's those two. There's a huge difference. Right. Absolutely. Right. I watch something like Blazing Saddles and I piss myself laughing. I think that's so funny. I think that's one of the funniest movies ever. I fucking History of the World Part One. Oh, my God. What oh, up, I man? miss Gregory what Hines the... so much. That's right. where I first saw him. And oh. the big oh, man. He's such a good yeah. guy. Oh, God. I love the. <laughs> he said, <laughs> What's up, Oedipus, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> That shit is so funny. Oh. Now I gotta <laughs> check the website, just watch, and see if it's streaming anywhere. I accidentally oh, um, so someone posted a picture of a smashed urinal on Facebook tonight uh, mm-hmm. before we we recorded, and uh, I saw this smashed urinal. So the first thing I did, just the way my brain works, is I went and Googled uh, "True Lies" bathroom scene and posted it as response. But then I watched it, and I'm like. Well, now I gotta watch True Lies, so I watched the first half of True Lies, and I'm gonna watch the second half. Uh, such a good fucking movie. 
Now I want to watch all these movies. Let's let's end the podcast and go watch movies. I think we've solved racism again. Again. (laughs) Until next week. Let's let's. Um, let, let's try and make a concerted effort to uh, maybe talk about something different. I mean, the reason I brought this one up is because it's so obvious with the it's it's everywhere the Georgia I bullshit. Mean, but, but, it, but what do you think is going to happen? Like, what is your honest not not what do you want? I don't to know. I do but not what, know. I think I have friend. I have a couple friends in Georgia. One guy was saying they're not going to make it out of prison alive. He said they'll get taken care of inside the system. I'm like, well, and he goes, no, trust me. I'm like, I would like to believe you. That, that they're gonna get you yeah know. but that would actually be terrible if a bunch of black people killed doesn't them have to be black people jail, doesn't have to, would ha- he's a white guy be, and he was saying that you know like it could be internal that I, who knows i it would be terrible that's the thing though. is it i'm old like i'm i'm old enough now to where i can say in full comfort i don't know what's going to happen i could be cynical and say they're going to get off i could be hopeful and say i hope i already said earlier i hope they go to jail and hell in that order in reality, I don't know. I I I I can I I'm not gonna put my money anywhere, because I'm the guy who in 2016 said, I think Hillary's gonna pull it off in a squeaker. I think it's gonna be closer than people expect. People think she's gonna blow Trump out of the water. I don't see that happening, and Trump might win. And Trump won. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. And so many people were shocked, like, oh my God, I can't believe Trump won. I'm like, I can. So. I, I nothing is a, a sure bet anymore. They could yeah. find justice. They could also walk free. It's happened so many times you, before. But have you uh, have you checked out what the white conservatives are saying? I was trying to look and see what Russia from Sean what Hannity I have seen. They're completely ignoring it. Yeah, from I what I've seen, seen it's just radio silence. Right, because they because they what can you say again? It's like. Well, they said a lot during Trayvon Martin. I remember that shit during Trayvon Martin. There was no video. There was there was no video of that. So they could if there if there was no video of this, they could say whatever they wanted to. Also, they can't say that with stuff with video and things like that. And what what I find to be interesting is that like when that guy got shot by the cops saying, "Hey, I have a a registered gun. Can I get in and show you?" Philando Castile, right. And then, and then the, the NRA radio silence. Yeah, That's nothing. exactly the kind of thing that the NRA is supposed to tackle, and they didn't because they don't care about black people. They just they don't do care. Not. The thing is, um, that I don't think if it was, I think if it was a poor white person or a white person in that position, I don't know that they would have come to their aid either. No, that's what we're saying here. Like if, would, if, right, but I just they're trying to stand behind the cops. It. Yeah, the NRA wants to. Yeah, I they're about authority. Right. Right, like we think it's a black-white thing because we think of authority as white, and you know, right. But I think when it becomes white on white, which it always this is the thing that white people don't understand, and then we can end, right? The thing that white people tend to not understand in mass, right? Individual white people seem to get this, but in mass, it seems to be lost on people. Whatever comes to visit the black community will come to your community too, because well, we all live in the same to... country. And I'm, we're going to end this on a movie reference because that's what it speaks to. One of the best lines ever in a movie, uh, Men in Black, a uh, person can be smart. People are dumb, panicky animals, and you know it. I, that's not yeah. my, maybe the direct quote, but I remember that. It's yeah. it's true. A person can be yeah. smart. People are not. Right. That's really it. All right, my yeah, friend. Man. I'm either going to finish True Lies or I'm going to see if the history of the world uh, part one is. Yeah. I might own that. I know I own Blazing Saddles, but. Um, yes. <laughs> that's but, a good. Oh, man, that's a good one. 
katiehenrymusic.com. Absolutely. Katiehenrymusic.com. Goodwin.com. NathanTimmel.com. Yes. And uh, Jake and I joke about this. Listeners, if you have a time machine, when I post this, if you want to go back in time to Monday the 11th and watch my Zoom comedy show, then you can do that. But otherwise, uh, you know, we always say that uh, don't go back in time and kill Hitler. Just just go back in time and watch our comedy show that, that you're going <laughs> yes. to by the time this posts. All Indeed. right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah. See ya.